So we're at the new year. I like new year because uh, it, it, it always gives us an opportunity. It's like we get a chance to focus. We get a chance to start, uh, you know, start anew. I mean, yes, we have this, you know, succession of days, but it's nice to be able to, to mark time and say, this was the day that God did something in my life or he called me to something or he spoke something to me and he says, today is the day. And New Year's is as good a day as any to get that started, right? Yes? So we're still in it. We're only like, what day is it? Nine. Nine. That means we have 360, uh, 355 days left. How are you guys going to do, you know? I know. Uh, so today I want to, I want to start, uh, you know, I, I want to start the new year getting refocused on stuff that we've forgotten. Because, you know, what I found with the spiritual life is it, it, we, we look at it like steps, like, okay, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a new Christian, then I'm, I'm, I'm a less of a new Christian, then I'm a toddler, and I'm a teenager. That's my rebellious phase. We all go through that. And then, you know, we're, we're young adults, and then we're adults, and then we're like old people. It's like, yeah, we got this. But the reality is we always return back to newborn eventually because we, f- we forget that spiritual life isn't about this end goal. It's like, I am now completely mature. There, there is a perfection that God calls us to, and he says, you know, but that's not going to happen until we see him, uh, which, which always baffles me because uh, if we're going to do all this work, but we're still not going to become perfect until we see him, why don't we just see him and get it over with? Uh, it's because he enjoys us learning in each season. Now, I'm not going to restart, uh, I mean, even though I am reading my, I always read through my Bible each year, I'm, and uh, I'm not going to just restart like I always do as a habit, but it's going to be different this time. And one of the reasons I read different uh, translations is so that I can, you know, I can get a different sense so that I'm not stuck in like, I know that verse, I know that verse, I know that verse. It's like, I want the newness of it to come out because sometimes when we know stuff, it gets stale. You too? Everybody? It's like, yeah, I know that. And I think that's the problem with the Christian life. At a certain point, we reach this stale homeostasis. This is as good as it gets, which it shouldn't be. It should be this passionate thing. In fact, when you know, uh, we, we're praying uh, about the local stuff today in our prayer meeting, we're talking about the, you know, the coronavirus and you know, the Omicron and the virus. And I was thinking, you know, the, the virus we need to get is the Alpha Omega virus. It's like, and everybody should want it. Everybody should say, Lord, give me that virus. That's the virus I want. It, it, it brings me immunity from judgment. It brings me immunity from, from sin. It, it, it charges my life. It, it brings you know, my, my whole immune system to bear. And unfortunately, in different seasons of life, we grow into Christ, and then we, we coast. There's this homeostasis. So, in order to break us out this morning, I want to tell you a story. It's not my story. It's actually uh, Peter's story. And it's kind of fun. Are you ready for a fun little ride? But it will speak to us because it, it'll give us an understanding of what we can do this year to focus our spiritual life uh, back. Now, this is the calling of Peter. It's a, it's a story about the calling of Peter. You've heard it before, probably. But it's interesting that in, in 
Matthew and Mark, uh, I, I will read the account um, of the calling of Peter. I think I put, uh, uh, did I put it on here? Oh, yeah, sometimes I do. Anyway, the account of Peter in, in Matthew and Mark goes like this. And Jesus was walking by the lake, and he saw these two guys, and he called them and said, Come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Ta-da! Not much of a story. You have to fill in a lot of stuff in your head. But Luke, being the historian that he is, I'm sure that he talked with Peter and says, tell me about your calling from God. And he's like, dude, you, you won't believe what happened. Let me give you the story. So you guys ready for the story? It's on the back of your sacred reading. Here it is. So he tells them, he says, one day, one day, I don't know what day it was. All I know, I was, I was, I was, cleaning my nets, and, and one day this guy comes walking by, Jesus, and there's this crowd following him. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, that is the Sea of Galilee, the people were crowding him and listening to the word of God. And he saw, the water's edge, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. So he's, he's telling him, hey, dude, Jesus is walking by. There's this big crowd following. And all of a sudden, he gets in my boat. And then he, he asked me, put out a little from the shore. Sounds good. I can do that. Uh, then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered him, as we all answer, Master, we've done the do. It doesn't work. No matter what you know, he says, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their friends. Hey, so, so you can hear Peter telling the story. So I said, hey, dudes, over here, over here. My nets are breaking. So they signaled their partners into the, in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Great. Now, first I got full nets that are breaking. Now I got a full boat that's sinking. We're in trouble. And so then what I did, instead of panicking, I fell down. Simon saw this. He fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up to shore, left everything, and followed him. That's the expanded version. Doesn't that sound better than Jesus walking by this and says, Hey, come follow me. You get, you get the full scoop. So the full scoop was that Jesus came to Peter on that day and he said, hey man, can I borrow your boat? So this kind of goes in three acts. Ready? So acts, act one is Jesus asking a little thing of Peter. Can I, can I borrow your boat and let's just push out a little bit? And the reason I bring this point up is because the Holy Spirit this year is going to ask you some very specific little things. Little things 
And, you, and, and it's really just a trick to see if, one, if you're listening, and two, if you're willing to obey. Because there's a difference between just listening, right? So, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, and then we walk away. Peter, he didn't know what he was getting into. He was actually being hijacked by Jesus. And this can happen to us as well. Because there are times in our life where we're like, yeah, Lord, that sounds like a good idea. I'm, I'm, yeah, I can do that. And then all of a sudden, you realize he's taking your whole boat. He is, he is taking your whole life. Now, all of us sitting here as good Christians are like, I hope that never happens to me. This is going to be one of those messages where we're going to have to go, oh, Jesus, are you actually, actually asking something of me? You know, I, I, was, I won't digress too much, but this was really a hard message because I'm looking at it and I'm going, so what if Jesus is calling, not if he will, what if he is calling me to something this year, something right now? Am I going to respond? He's like, yeah, I can go out a little bit. Let's, uh, yeah, we can back these boats up a little bit, let you preach. But when he goes to act two and he says, let's go out into deep water, we're like, hey, no deep water for me. I am doing shallow water. I'm a shallow water Christian. You too? Isn't it better just to stay in the shallow water to get on with it? All right. So I think the reason Jesus did this, now you got to get the scene again. Peter's washing his nets. There's something going on. There's a crowd. And Jesus was very interested in getting his attention. So the reason he pushed out from the water, I, I, you know, he, he got in his boat was so he could get his attention. And I think that Jesus wants to get our attention this year, individually and corporately, Right? Because we can't live the same way we've always lived, just washing our nets. It's like, ah, I didn't get anything today. I'll do it tomorrow. Instead, Jesus is saying, hey, I've got a mission for you. I've got things for you in individually and corporately for us to accomplish. So he wanted to get his attention. Best way to get his attention is to steal his boat. I mean, borrow his boat. All right, so he's got his attention. He says, push out a little bit. He's like, ah, oh, I was washing these nets. All right, whatever. Let's just put him back in the boat. So he gets in the boat. And now he has his attention. And he gives him a little, a, a little command, a little something to do. And I want to pause for a moment. And because I was thinking about this while I was studying through this, I'm going, okay, what's the little thing that God's been asking of me? And then it wasn't hard to get a small list going. <laughs> because I know that there's always something that the Lord is like, oh, you know, this would be good. Pursue this. Go after this. Do this. I was like, oh, you know, like reading day and night, meditating day and night. I like to meditate day. It's like, you know, at night, I've kind of got my Netflix on. It's like, I, I, got, I, 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 I didn't have time to meditate tonight because I was finishing that series or whatever, binge watching something. And, and, you know, we can turn it off and we can meditate at night. Who knows what kind of dreams we'll get if we meditate on the Word at night. Wouldn't that be awesome? Okay. So he tells them, I got your attention. I just need you to do this little thing. Because a lot of times we're worried that God's going to ask us to do the big thing. 
you know, it's like, I need you to move to China. You know, I need you to do, you know, it's like, you'll, he, he always asks the little things first because he wants to train our ear first and go, can you hear me? All I'm asking is this. And then will you follow me? All I'm asking is this. So Peter does this and we go to Acts 2. He doesn't start with, with will you follow me? Okay, so Act 2 goes like this. So we go, so Jesus says, when he was finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now, was Jesus a fisherman? Everybody? He was a carpenter. He was a preacher. He didn't know anything really about fishing. But he was telling Peter something that he didn't want to hear because Peter was an expert. And we do the same thing, right? Jesus says something to us and says, but God, I know all about this. I know all about my life. You don't really know about my life. I know it better than you do. I know how things work. And so he begins to hesitate. And he also says, hey, listen, I was already out there. I already tried this once. Have you ever like sought after the Lord? And it's like, eh, crickets, not hearing anything. I guess I'm done with this. You know how many Christians give up? Give up on God. Like, it's like, it's not working as if God's like some kind of machine. It's like, if I put in just right, or if I do this just right, if I, you know, if we treat God this way, he will not comply. You know that. Because he is the Lord of our life. We're not the Lord of his life. It's not my will be done. It's his will be done. Your will be done. Good, okay? Okay, so Jesus says this thing. He says, go out into deep water. Uh, There's a lot that can be said for deep water. But Peter knew that you don't go out into deep water in the morning because you're not going to catch anything there anyway. But see, he didn't understand that when Jesus is the Lord of your life, things are different than what you think they are. And so I want to encourage us that when Jesus says, go out into deep water, not to argue with him. I'm arguing all the time. In fact, I woke up arguing with Jesus. I, I did. I mean, not, not like arguing, just... So here's something that's been on my heart. So I, want, I, I, want, I don't want to go back to Guatemala this year, but I really want to go back to Guatemala this year. But the reason I, I want to go, if it's easy. Don't you want to do your life if it's easy? I'm totally good as long as God makes everything easy for me. If he, if he gives me my full comfort and, and makes everything easy, then I'm willing to do whatever he asks. But as soon as there's a little bit of pain involved, and so what I'm, what, what I'm fussing about is I actually know what it takes to like get a team going. I, I know the logistics and I know, you, you know, I've, I've been on enough teams to know there's personalities and stuff and, and work, and nothing works in Guatemala anyway, and so that's going to be a problem. And, it, you know, you can never get what you... you so, I'm think, so I'm arguing with God, and I'm like, God, can I get out of this? It looks like deep water. I really want to live this year in shallow water. How about you? But what... If God is calling us to the deep water, are you going to say, sure, 
And so he, he gets on with his, his fussing about this because he says, uh, you know, I, I love this. Master, we've worked hard all night. All night. I'm exhausted. Anybody exhausted? You know, there's been years of exhaustion, right? And, and we haven't caught anything, which means we're not going to, nothing's going to change. Nothing changes. But because you say so, I'll let down my nets. So he goes out there, lets down his nets, and surprise, God has an amazing plan of showing up when you don't expect it, right? And so he asks us to do little things first, and then he asks us to do bigger things next. And the bigger thing that we think is going to be hard becomes the surprising thing that you are so glad you were involved in. So in my mind, I'm like, yeah, that Guatemala thing, that's going to be a lot of work. But when I'm there in June, I'm going to go, I am so glad that I'm here because now I get to see God do amazing things in our life, in our team's life, in the people's lives. So you have to kind of project yourself away from the pain to what God's going to do. Making sense? So far, so good. So he goes out there, and I, and I love this. And when they had let down their nets, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And I, I was kind of thinking about this whole concept of prospering for a minute. Uh, I think everybody wants to serve God when they know that everything else in their world is 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 taken care of, right? If you know, I mean, like, I was thinking that there was some guy that just won the Powerball in Sacramento. It's like $330 million. Now, if I gave you $330 million, would you serve God? Would you go out into the deep water? If you had, you know, some so much money that you're like, now I can serve God. Because, what, you know, we always think it's like, I can't serve God, I only got 10 bucks. You know, it's like, if I gave you $330 million, would that be enough? And the reality is, if you don't start with the little thing first, it's like, press out, a little deeper. No matter what, we, we're not going to go where God is calling us to go. Right? We always think one more. And I, I, I was thinking of this because I'm always thinking... At what point would I have enough that I would give everything to God? Now, I know nobody's ever questioned that before. I'm glad I'm the only one. But here, the fishermen got, they won the lottery. They got like the whole thing. They were, their, fish, their boats were sinking with fish. They, were, they had so much stuff. They'd gotten everything they'd always wanted. And then they realized, here's the next act. And Peter saw this, and he fell to his knees and said, Oh, no, (laughs) well, hold on a second. I'm a sinner. Now, the question is, why why did he go there? I I mean, it, it, it does, you know, when you read it, you're like, I don't know if that'd be the first thing I'd do. I'd I don't know. Would you? But I thought what, ha- what was happening here, I, I was thinking about one of those uh, 
You ever go to a hotel and they've got the, the, the mirror with the light? It's like a round mirror with the light on it where you can really see your face? <laughs> and you're like, you know, because I'm looking pretty good, you know, in comparison to all you guys, right? I'm like, you know. <laughs> but you put one of the mirrors up and you're like, dude, that one ugly. <laughs> Some guy, in, I mean, he's like, you know, you start seeing stuff you just don't want to see. I don't even know why they put those there. It must be for ladies so that they can, you know, get, I, don't, I don't know. It's, yes. It, but I think that's what happened is Peter got in the mirror and he realized his whole life was turned upside down. He saw himself for who he really was and what he really needed, and what he really needed was a savior, not a bunch of fish. He didn't need a million dollars. He just needed Jesus, and he fell down, and so Jesus says to him, and I love this, he says, go away, (laughs) get away, I'm a sinful man, for he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish. It's like, what, 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 I don't get it. And so James and John, and, and, and everybody was astonished, and then Jesus said to Simon, act three, don't be afraid. What was he afraid of? He's afraid of Jesus. He's afraid of sinking. Afraid of ruining his nets. And he's afraid that his life was going to be completely transformed going forward because you can't go back from an encounter with Jesus. So we think. Now, how many of us have had some type of encounter with Jesus? We know that he's really real. He's not just a guy in a book. Okay, if this has ever happened to you, you're like, yeah, I remember the day that Jesus visited me. And it's totally, you know, and he called me. And I was astonished. And I realized I was a sinner, and I gave my life to Christ. And, and he, he said, you've been out in deep water now. Now something else is going to happen. And he called him and said, come and follow me. Gosh, I don't want to preach this message. I could say, in front of all of you, I am the most follow hard after God person you've ever met. Follow me as I follow Christ. But I've shrunk back to shallow waters along with all of us. Now we're just dipping our toes. Maybe. It's like, ooh, is it cold? But he says, don't be afraid, because the first thing that happens when Jesus calls us to something greater, to some change in our life, is fear. Don't be afraid. Why am I I afraid? I'm afraid that somehow God's work in my life is going to be harder than I want to bear. And what I found is that every time I take a step towards Jesus, he always makes it more amazing than ever. I was talking to one of our teachers the other day, uh, Mr. Kong, if you know him. And um, we, we, we have one of our, our, our teachers is going off to college, which would leave us short. But then another person that used to work with us called and said, hey, I'm coming home from college. And, and, and he says, isn't it amazing how God just knows our needs before we ask and he just provides for them? And I'm like, you know, I've watched this for 30 years. That just when I'm worried and I'm afraid and like all, it's all falling apart, God puts all the pieces back together. I'm like, hmm, this is a miracle. (laughs) 
But it doesn't take long till I'm afraid again. It's like, oh no, Lord, all is lost. And he says, do not be afraid because the thing that he's called us to, he's going to provide for us. You can leave it all and he'll take care of you. And so he says, don't be afraid. He says, from now on, you're going to fish for people. Oh, that sounds fun. Now, do you know that dealing with fish is much easier than dealing with people? (laughs) This is the hardest part of the story. I'm thinking, he's like, I love fishing. Fishing's my life. I love the smell of fish. I love, you know, it's like people, you know. He he obviously wasn't in the crowd. He was like, "Uh, I'm just washing my nets here. You do what you got to do, Jesus. Until Jesus said, no, come follow me. So that's what he says. He says, don't be afraid from now on. You will fish for people. And in that statement that he says there, he, he calls all of us to do that. Now, some might say, okay, we got to reach people for Jesus, and that is part of fishing for people. But really what it is is taking the focus off ourselves. Because up until that point, they were worried about their business. They were worried about their own life. They were worried about their own nets. And Jesus was saying, from now on, I want you to see your life flipped so that you see other people and not your own needs. And so they pulled up their boats on shore and they left everything and followed him. Like, what? (laughs) Wouldn't life be simple if you knew that's exactly what Jesus wanted you to do today? But he makes it more difficult for us in the modern world. You don't have to leave your job. You just have to figure out what is Jesus asking you to do where you are right now. Which I think brings me to my brings me to my questions. All right. Are you ready? Here's the questions of the day. What does it mean to you to put out a little away from the shore? What is Jesus asking you to do that's little right now? Probably when I was talking about it, you're going, oh, yeah, I know exactly what that is. Um, What does it mean to you to go deep, to push out into deep water? What are you arguing with God about right now? Good question. And then the last one is, what does it actually mean for you to leave everything and follow him? Who wants to go to a different church next week? I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm like, what? what? You're challenging us beyond myself. <laughs> but I, I, you know, as, as I was looking at this, I was writing this down. I'm like, oh, man. We probably need to stop and pause and ask ourselves this question. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to stop and spend, I, I want you to spend five minutes with these three questions. I'll say them for you again. As I sign off with those that are online, love you guys out there. Uh, I pray that you are safe and well wherever you are. I know that there's coronavirus uh, in many different camps right now. And uh, you, God will take care of your every need. I promise you that. Whatever you do will prosper. So God bless you as we sign off. And the rest of us are going to answer these questions and share them. Because the last thing I didn't say... Um, about this that I have to say is you'll notice 
that this wasn't just the calling of Peter. This was actually the calling of Peter and John and James. And actually, according to the other verses, it was Andrew too. There was a bunch of people there. Because Jesus puts us in groups of partners. He says he called his partners over, and they all did it together. And I think that's one of the uh, challenges of Christianity. We always feel like it's just me, man, trying to make my way with Jesus, and kind of grind it along and follow him. Uh, but we really need each other. We need to share our prayer requests. When, when we answer these questions, we need to share with someone and say, I think there's a little thing God's asked me to do. You can start with the little one. You don't have to go deep. Um, but eventually, by the end of this year, it'd be great if we were sharing the deep with one another and, be, and encouraging one another to get to the place of leaving everything. All right. With that, we, we will. Uh, let me pray, and then we'll take our break. Lord, thank you. For the calling of Peter, which you put here to remind us of our own calling. Lord, I know you have more for our lives than just a homeostatic place where everything is luxurious and fine. Uh, But Lord, you want to surprise us as we see amazing things happen around us and in our lives. So we ask that you would do that for us this year. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so let's think for a few moments. Um, does everybody have their, do you have your little thing? Does anybody want to share a little thing that God's speaking to them about? Because part of the partnership is you have to vocalize it and say, I think God might be saying this to me. It doesn't have to be a big thing, like a little thing. Like I, one of the things I've, I've been constantly on, um, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm actually, um, I'm, I'm spending more time learning my Spanish this year, Maria. Yay. So that was a little thing. It's a little thing, but it's an important thing for me and, and God. Okay? So that's my little thing. What do you got, Doug? What's your little thing?